we heard read today in French. This verse from Acts chapter 2. In the last days, God says from the prophet Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today is the day of Pentecost. The day of the giving of the Holy Spirit to the church. Sometimes it's called the birthday of the church. God's spirit is the spirit to proclaim God's kingdom. And it's been given to all people. All can declare. All can hear. All can be received into God's kingdom in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we thank you for this chance to declare your good news. The good news of being able to declare your good news. Uh, So God, give us your spirit now in great measure. uh, With fire, with wind. Uh, with advocacy, with consolation, counsel us now in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, we uh, know this story. I'll, let me just repeat it and summarize it for us since many of us don't speak Italian, Mandarin, and French. 120 people, men and women, are gathered in an upper room, and when they're there, uh, wind and fire sort of break out, and there's this great stirring of Uh, the Holy Spirit rushing in and filling. And there's this manifestation of ecstatic speech, of people speaking in what's called tongues. And so as they're speaking in tongues, there's Jews who are from Jerusalem, but also uh, from outside of Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was a fairly cosmopolitan place. There were people from all over the Roman Empire living there, but it was a festival, and so even more people were there. And they were hearing their native languages being spoken by these 120 men and women prophesying. And they were exasperated, beside themselves, uh, gobsmacked, as the kids say. They do say that, right? Right. Uh, They didn't know what was going on. Some of them thought these people are drunk. And so uh, the the, uh, accusation of being drunk seems like is what prompted Peter to get up, right, and to declare, hey, it's only 9 a.m. <laughs> we don't start drinking till 10. <laughs> I don't know why. No, it's the morning. We're not drunk. But here's what's happening. And Peter declares that this is what Joel, the prophet, has been talking about, has promised, uh, would come. Peter says this is happening. And uh, Pentecost, friends, is about uh, what Peter says is it's about prophecy. It's about the proclamation of the good news. Now, prophecy is a tricky word. We're going to hear a little bit more about this later (laughs) uh, from uh, someone who's going to declare what God's doing in his life. But prophecy, uh, we sometimes have weird associations with it. When I was in college, um, there was a self-appointed prophet in our college ministry. That always goes well, right? (laughs) And um, this person had like a lot of of Bible knowledge. and I came to Christ in this movement, and I didn't, I, I didn't know quite what was going on, but um, the people who led this group didn't let this guy lead a small group, and I'd only been a Christian for six weeks, and I got to lead a small group, so I was always like, what, what gives? Why, why, did, why aren't they letting this guy, who clearly knows the mind of God and refuses not to tell people about it, 
Um, why won't they let him be a small group leader? Uh, well, as I matured in Christ, I realized uh, this guy was a um, sort of a, a maverick prophet. He would go around giving people words from God, whether, whether they wanted to hear it or not. Um, kind of culminated in this moment where um, the, the person who led worship for our student ministry, um, she was dating a small group leader, uh, and this other guy, let's call him Mike, called um, this woman into his office and told her that God had revealed to him that they were to get married. This is kind of our relationship to prophecy. It's like fortune telling or like telling the future, right? It's like pr predicting things. It's like coming up to people and sort of getting in their, their God business in a way that leaves them feeling a bit like they need a shower. You know what I'm saying? And it can lead to abuse and it can lead to manipulation. It can lead to coercion. This is kind of what we're used to. Um, it, it also can be like a parlor trick in churches, right? So it can be like uh, knowing Myers-Briggs and freaking people out or, you know, uh, kind of the Christian Ouija board. And, and it can lead to abuse. But biblically, listen, I, I really feel like it's important for us to clear the air here. Biblically speaking, prophecy is about holding out God's truth to others. Prophecy is proclamation. It's connecting people to God. It's calling people into his kingdom, into God's shalom. And so what's, what's particularly new or interesting or important about Pentecost isn't that prophecy didn't exist and now it does. What's, what's powerful about Pentecost is that prophecy or the proclamation of God's truth, calling people into that truth, was sequestered until then in, in a specific place with a specific people. And now it's in every place to all people. Let me just quickly show you this. So, uh, two things. Pentecost changes the place of power and the persons who are empowered. So the place, God's spirit no longer lives in a box. This is important. It's not locked in a room. It's not only in one city, in a small room, in a small box. There's this great outflowing, this outpouring of God's presence and power. There's wind and fire. These are images used for uh, God's spirit cleansing power in scripture, and we see them here. So there is uh, no more exclusivity with place, but now it's in every place. There's also now uh, God's spirit is no longer just in one person, Jesus, or one gender, dudes. Or one ethnic group, Jews. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Amen? Right? Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So there's no more sequestering in a place and exclusivity to persons. But now, Pentecost changes the place of power, it's every place. And the persons and powers, it's all people. Today is the day of Pentecost. God's spirit to proclaim God's kingdom has been given to all people. All can declare, all can hear, all can receive this invitation into God's kingdom of Christ. Amen? So here's what Peter does in his Pentecost sermon. He stands up and he names and declares what the Spirit is doing. That's all he does. He doesn't argue for it. 
He doesn't get defensive about it. He just says, remember the, remember the book of Joel? That's happening. And so um, then the Pentecost thing to do on Pentecost, um, the temptation as a pastor on Pentecost is like to care about the Holy Spirit one day a year, you know? Um, I don't have anything red. I wore red socks. Most of you won't see those. So um, the, the, there's temptation to like kind of like, you know, dance and cut ourselves and get the Holy Spirit to show up like it did on Pentecost. I think that's missing the point. If you want to dance, go for it. If you want to cut yourself, come talk to me. But there's, right? But there's, there's actually a way that we can participate in the spirit of Pentecost here, which is share how God's spirit is at work in our community. And as we hear it, affirm it and say, this is God's spirit at work in our community. Amen? Amen. Uh, that's, that is prophecy. That is biblical prophecy. Naming and declaring and recognizing this is what God is doing. This is what God is saying. This is what God's up to. So I've asked a couple people just to share, to declare God's kingdom and spirit and work. And um, Scott, you want to come up and share? You gonna live tweet this? Oh, yeah, you just have your notes there? There you go. <laughs> no, I, I wrote it down so I don't go into unnecessary detail like I'm very prone to. So here we go. Um, I'm gonna share about how we moved here from California and what that's led to. So after visiting family in Indiana, the spirit popped the idea of, into our heads of what it would be like <clears throat> to move here despite the relationships we had in California. We began a Dave Ramsey course and our eyes began to open about how challenging our finances would be if we stayed in California for the rest of our lives. Despite a strong possibility of purchasing a condo from my dad, the roof caved in from some serious water damage and forced us to really question our intention of staying. We sensed God's spirit giving us permission to leave our establishment of work and relationships in California, despite the fears we had of the unknown, including what type of damage that might cause to Alicia's family. The Spirit reinforced that God is love, not fear. Mm. Once we felt it was okay to say yes to the, uh, to the Spirit, uh, and we, we began to take action, it didn't take long for both of us to accept job offers and place a deposit on a house to rent uh, several months before our move date. In the meantime, we even stumbled upon the Sternkeys and Tebbies while in search of an Anglican church to join with. As a result of the move, each... Uh, we each experienced several occasions of God's spirit at work in our lives. For Alicia, this showed up in DNA groups, uh, for example, learning to believe the good news that uh, she was not being disloyal to her family despite the move, and that her emotions were not, or not her emotions, that her family's emotions were not her responsibility. For me, this showed up in learning to believe that my desires matter, and I don't have to choose the safest job to be a good husband and father. Through this, the Spirit led me into a career change that followed my passion into woodworking and starting my own business. Amen. Amen. Uh, friends, yes, can we, can we just celebrate? <laughs> Scott, before you go, um, I just want to name, uh, God is at work in uh, 
who would have thought Dave Ramsey courses? <laughs> in floods, right? In uh, financial crises, yeah? In uh, moves across country, in jacked up family systems, in jobs that make us miserable and we quit after three days. God's present in that work in all those places. Amen? And some, something you didn't mention, but I just want to tack onto this, is uh, Alicia has also felt this stirring to start DNA groups with some teenagers. Um, and so part of her calling is now to declare good news to other people, the same good news that you're living into in your life as well. Yeah? Right, we see it. Today's the day of Pentecost. The Spirit's been given to all people that He can proclaim in every place that He's at work. Thank you, Scott, for declaring that with us today. Amen. Amen. Ryan? Yeah, why don't you use this? I'm an English teacher. I know, go for it. All right, hey friends. So Matt asked me to speak about this particular incident that happened probably two weeks ago. Um, we were finishing up our DNA group on a Thursday night, and uh, just as we were about to go, Matt was like, oh, and I have this awesome idea. I'm going to say that our church is a charismatic church, and I'm going to talk about how we can do prophecy during the sermon. <laughs> and if you've ever like played poker and been on tilt, that was me right there. I had this like buzzing in my ears because mm -hmm. the words charismatic and prophecy are like very triggering to me. And as like luck would have it, my mother-in-law came into town, and my mother-in-law is like a came to Jesus in the 60s with the Jesus people, vineyard for life, uh, Enneagram 8, charismatic, but not like super weird charismatic. And if you've ever talked about how you don't believe in the gifts with your came to Christ and the Jesus people in the 60s charismatic mother-in-law, you can understand why. After about two hours, Leslie was like, Ryan, you need to apologize. So I did. Uh, so that Sunday, so that Sunday I was actually working sound when Matt gave the sermon, and also as luck would have it, um, when he talked about like doing prophecy during the sermon, he was like, oh, and when you do it, so like you can text Ryan, and Ryan will put your prophetic messages up on the screen, and I'm like back there like going like, okay guys, um, so all that to say like two or three years ago, had that happened, I would have just left. Though that stuff for me was, that, like I said, it was, it was triggering for me. Um, and it would have just been too much. But I believe in that two to three years, the Spirit's really been working on me. Uh, every Sunday, whenever like, there's the verse, I'm like, oh, why does it have to be this one? And I say, thanks be to God. Yeah. Or I say the Apostles' Creed under my breath. Or um, when I'm given space um, and love to make my faith known, um, it gives, me, it gives me a new imagination. So like whenever I brought this up to Matt that I was so triggered by this, I expected to hear um, you know, stories about times whenever this stuff came true or stories about these things that happened, but I wasn't. Instead, I was given like grace, love, listening, explanation, and clarification. And that stuff gives me a new imagination. It gives me imagination that I can see grace and peace in my own community, and it gives me an imagination that I can raise a daughter in a place uh, of grace and peace. And, and that's not necessarily supernaturally healing the sick, but I think that's pretty beautiful. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes.
Thanks, Ren. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I got nothing for that. That's... Uh, so, Ryan, as you were speaking, I got this uh, picture. Earmuffs, Ryan, if you can't hear this. Um, I got this picture of Matthew 28 when uh, Jesus um, is leaving, is ascending back to the Father before he does that. It's called the Great Commission, right? And you guys know, the, we've heard the Great Commission a lot. Uh, but here's a picture I got, like, um, they were on the mountain, and Matthew tells us they worshipped him, and the word for worship there is, they fell face down. So there was people, there were people face down on, to Jesus, um, and, and those were the people that he gave the Great Commission to. But there was another group of people there too, or maybe the same group, because Matthew says they worshipped him, and some doubted. And Ryan, what I, I got a picture of, there's some people on their face, and there's some people maybe on their knees, and there's some people like, maybe not even ready to recite the creed under their breath. And uh, Jesus commissions all of them. I mean, <laughs> all of them. And so like in the midst of your uh, honesty and hesitancy about, uh, and in the midst of your real significant hurt and pain that's been caused with the misuse of prophecy, God is still at work in your doubts, and you declared good news to us today. So thank you. Amen. Uh, friends, today is the day of Pentecost. God's spirit to proclaim God's kingdom has been given to everybody. Not just the priests. Not just those who worshipped. Everybody. All can declare, and all can hear, and all can receive kingdom. This is what Pentecost is the, is the day when prophecy is set free from a certain place with a certain people. So uh, Spencer's going to lead us in a time of praying uh, in response to this. And it's a chance for you to prophecy, to declare what God is doing by his spirit in your life. And we can all agree and say amen and thank you. Brothers and sisters, go now in the knowledge that the Holy Spirit has equipped and empowered you to proclaim the excellencies of his glory and the good news of his kingdom. All can hear, all can proclaim. The Holy Spirit has been unleashed upon the world. Go in that knowledge as those who are equipped and empowered to be the church in the world for the sake of the kingdom. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.